You know, when you have a miscarriage, or several of them, I should say, it's, it's devastating because I feel like it's the one thing that women are supposed to do so naturally, and it's the one thing that I cannot do. And so it's just been such like a mental struggle for me to come to grips to that and to not blame myself so much. I mean, I try not to, but I do. I still feel like it's it's my fault. Like my body should be able to do it. It's my fault. You know, when you when you get that positive pregnancy test, you're supposed to just be so excited, but then when I get that positive pregnancy test, all I'm thinking about is, okay, is this one going to last? Welcome to Screwed Up Moments, the podcast where it's okay to fail and it's okay to try again. I'm your host, Danny. Amongst the entire spectrum of human activity, across the broad swaths of time and the complete sweep of all culture, language, nationality, or religion, I struggle to think of anything more mystifying, more delicate, and more personal than the creation of life. So much has been said about it, about the various tricks and timings for conception, about the struggles and pains and hardships of pregnancy and labor, and about the laborious and simultaneously gratifying process of parenthood. And yet it still holds this power, this most ancient of all powers, to mystify and inspire us. Birth is intense, Lauren remarks to Cosmopolitan magazine. The experience is sort of out of body, time has no meaning. Then a different mother, Katie, adds, giving birth was like experiencing every feeling and emotion possible while Anna, age 35, points out that I can honestly say it felt ethereal. On the whole, it would be a stretch to just use the experience of these three mothers to cover the roughly 124 million births in 2019 or the 12,000 births just today at the point of my writing. However, what can be said from these three mothers is that at least they made it. In this episode of the Screwed Up Moments podcast, we are going to be looking into the other side of birth through the story of Lauren Moye, someone who has had four miscarriages. Hello, my name is Lauren Moyer, and this is my screwed up moment. I'm originally from San Diego, California. Been living in Singapore now for three and a half years. I have a background in marketing, public relations, but even though my background is in business, my passion has been in athletics, 
and also writing. I used to be a swimmer in high school. I used to swim competitively. I found my place in swim team. I loved the long hours <laughs> that were required. So I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the structure, I guess you would say, and the competitiveness. Even though you're swimming with a team, it's very individual. So you're really only racing against yourself and your times from last time. So I really... I really enjoyed that. But with so many hours, I got burned out. So when I graduated high school, I was like, I'm done. And then after that, I didn't set foot in a pool again for 15 years. So that's when I took up running. <laughs> well, you know, with so many hours in the pool, I needed something to fill those gaps. So I was like, okay, well, you know, let's try running. <laughs> So I just started running. I mean, we would have to run in school like a mile or something like that. And then all of a sudden, I was starting to run 10 miles at a time and then 11 miles at a time, which was crazy. It's not the way to do it. <laughs> You're supposed to slowly increase your mileage. But yeah, I just, I fell in love with it because running, very similar to swimming, is individual. Um, you know, you can really get in your own head and I don't know, it's just, it was, it was almost like therapeutic, I would say. So, yeah, I just, I fell in love with that, and I just kept doing it. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm running and I'm swimming. Why not add biking? So then I got into triathlons. So I would say that that is my passion right now, endurance racing and triathlons, mostly Ironmans, half Ironmans. Uh, if you don't know what an Ironman is, it's a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and 26.2-mile run. So quite, quite a long way. That's, uh, that's actually really fascinating because um, I don't think a lot of people have that patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just curious, right? Because I'm not the person who could run like 10 miles. I, could, <laughs> I don't think I could barely run three or, or, or whatever. So, you know, while you are on these long marathons or these long runs, you know, you're like an hour, two hours in. Could you just, you know, you, you describe the experience as almost therapeutic. Mm. Could you describe what's going on in your head or you describe the headspace while you are on these long runs? I always like to say that in running, you think about everything and nothing. Really, the mark of a good run for me is when, like, I'm not really thinking about running. I'm just thinking about everything else, you know, like what's going on in my day. Maybe uh, I had a bad experience, like, and so I rehash it in my head, like how could that have been better or what do I need to do? Or like thinking about my parents or my boyfriend or, you know, like an upcoming exam coming up, something, I don't, I don't know. Or like my pace, <laughs> why am I going so slow? Um, why, wow, I'm going fast today, you know? So really anything and everything can come into your head when you're running. Yeah, 
and could you maybe describe like some of the the feelings that you go through or is it just like calm throughout the entire time it totally depends i mean the range of feelings varies most of the time i would say i'm calm after the run during the run i'm focusing on like getting through it at a certain time or you know like making it up these hills or you know looking at the surroundings or the people sometimes i like to play games on like how many people i'm passing versus how many people are passing me you know the old competitive mindset but then after the run you really there is, there's a thing called the runner's high and it really i mean it's true like you just feel good So that's Lauren Moye, the San Diego girl that's really into swimming and running and even triathlons. And from what she has shared so far, it seems fair to say that with regards to endurance sports, Lauren has a pretty good grasp of what her body can do and how far she can push it. However, with these next parts of the story, Lauren will come to see precisely and in the most tragic way what it is that her body cannot do. All right, so um as I understand it, you experience some very uh I would say tragic moments in your life. So, um yeah, if you would please talk through and and I guess tell us how that happened. Sure. Well, before I talk about that, I'll step back for a second and um talk about my husband. We met in graduate school in the US and we had a tough time as well because he is from india and i am from the us and when we graduated he got a job back in india and i got a job in the us so then came the question of how do we make it work or if we even want to make it work um we tried for a while but i mean how long can you really maintain a romance over skype and and you know um all those different messaging apps i mean they're good but how long can you really do that for so we broke up um for no no other reason other than we could not figure out a way to make it work with visas and immigration and different cultures and everything like that there was just so many seemingly insurmountable barriers for us to be together But when you break up for a reason like that, there's still love involved and there's still the feelings and we could never really turn those off. They were still there. So then we were like this is ridiculous. If you can't fight for love, then what are you going to fight for? I mean, it's it's not to sound too cliché, but it is the most important thing. So, um I <laughs> quit my job. sold donated gave away everything that didn't fit in three suitcases and i moved to india to be with him and to get married so um people think that that's crazy but honestly like i think it's crazy not to fight for love i just couldn't imagine living without him and vice versa i hope <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I left everything, familiarity behind, family, friends, and moved to Mumbai. And we had a um, big Indian wedding. <laughs> and um my parents came over from the States and they were like 
completely thrown aback by, you know, the, the languages and colors and sounds and sights and smells that you, you experience in India. So, yeah, so we had, like, a big Indian wedding. And then when all the noise died down, then my husband and I, we settled down and found out that I was pregnant. And initially, I mean, we were obviously, like, over the moon. We were excited, nervous, like, oh, my God, this happened so fast. But unfortunately, that pregnancy ended quickly in what they call an early miscarriage. So we were devastated by that. I mean, I had heard of miscarriage, obviously, but I never thought that it would happen to me. You know, being athletic and being able to, like, push my body to the max and everything, I thought that, um, I don't know what I thought, actually. I just, I honestly just didn't think that that would happen to me. So um, a few months later passed, and we got pregnant again. And that one also resulted in a miscarriage. And yeah, that one was devastating because it was now two times in a row. So I, I just, I didn't know what to do with myself. My body was was failing me, and I've never had that happen before. I've never had my body give out on me. And I... I, I didn't know what to think. It was just, it was, it was a tough time for, for all of us. I mean, sad and tragic. And yeah, I honestly, like I was just, I, I don't know. It was just a crazy time. Now, obviously, I myself cannot comment or relate directly to the experience of pregnancy or miscarriage. But from the accounts of several women online, what I can glean is that it can be a messy, traumatic, and often lonely experience. Not helped by the cold formality of the OBGYN's assessment, nor the surgical procedures that follow it. One can only imagine how Lauren, who had to go through these miscarriages consecutively, must have felt then. At that point, I left India for just some fresh air, so to speak, and went to the U.S. for a month to visit my family and just, I guess, recharged my batteries, both mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. And we moved out of India during that time and moved to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So when I came back from the U.S., I went directly to Malaysia and... A couple months later, we found out we were pregnant again. (laughs) And this time, for whatever reason, I don't know, um, maybe just luck, maybe blessing, maybe just everything, everything just worked out. And the pregnancy, it was successful and resulted in the birth of our baby girl who is now six years old. She just turned six. The pregnancy itself was difficult because having gone through two previous miscarriages, the entire time I was just fraught with anxiety and what ifs and what is that pain? Is that normal? Oh my God, this is not going to work out. Because the thing with miscarriage is that it doesn't just rob you of your current pregnancy. 
I really feel that it robs you of your ability to feel joy for any subsequent pregnancies because you're just scared the entire time that like what if what if this one's not gonna stick like there's a like there's a black cloud hanging over you yes yeah and you really try to think about something positive or you know like to control your thoughts but then they always go back to what if like what if what if this is like the last time um so yeah so I always say that the the easiest part of that pregnancy was my delivery. <laughs> um, thankfully, which is very ironic for, for first babies, they usually take a long time. But my daughter, just like her personality, she came out fast. And she knew she wanted to come and meet us. And, and she did, quickly. So, yeah, so I always like to joke that the easiest part of that pregnancy was her delivery. You know, you've described a lot of the pain and anxiety that you went through having gone through two previous miscarriages. So now I'm just so curious to find out how did you feel after finally delivering your daughter? Oh my yeah. gosh, uh, so many emotions. It was a mix of emotions, both like relief that she's finally here and I'm yeah. holding her and it's real and we survived the pregnancy and fear as well because I'm like oh my god now I have a newborn how do I take care of her (laughs) am I going to be a good enough mom for her like you know you've got this beautiful miracle in your hands and you're thinking like am I enough but mostly mostly relief I would say um yeah it it was surreal and then after my daughter was born we suffered two more subsequent miscarriages two in a row. So we tried to give her a sibling, and um, we had two more miscarriages, unfortunately. And so now I fall into the 1% of women that suffer recurrent miscarriages, which is defined as anybody that has three or more miscarriages. And um, they don't know why. So, I mean, miscarriage can be caused by a million different factors and right now they just don't know you know when you when you get that positive pregnancy test you're supposed to just be so excited but then when i get that positive pregnancy test all i'm thinking about is okay is this one gonna last so um if i could could i get you to maybe just reflect on the how these miscarriages has maybe colored your perspective on say motherhood or the idea of, you know, family. Yes. How, how has this changed for you over this, you know, all, all these painful moments in your life? Um, it's really made me, I guess, fall in love with my husband even more. He has been such a rock throughout this entire process, both the miscarriages and the birth of our daughter. He's been the one that's really held it together when I've been crumpled to the floor, which is ironic because usually people always said like, or I have the perception that I'm the strong one, but really I think he's the strong one. I mean, he's been the one that's helped me, you know, rise from the ground literally and and come back and, and accomplish the things that I've wanted to accomplish after these horrible, horrible events because... You know, I, I when you when you have a miscarriage, it's 
or several of them, I should say, it's it's devastating because I feel like it's the one thing that women are supposed to do so naturally, and it's the one thing that I cannot do, which is ironic for me, you know, being an endurance athlete most of my life, I I, I cannot, this is the one thing that I, I cannot make my body do. And so it's just been such like a mental struggle for me to come to grips to that and to not blame myself so much. I mean, I, I, I try not to, but I do. I still feel like it's it's my fault. Like my body should be able to do it. It's my fault. But yeah, my husband has helped me get through this a lot. And my daughter as well, after the two subsequent miscarriages when she was born, I can't I can't stay sad and in in my own room and you know with the black cloud following me all day long because I have I have her. You know, she she deserves a mom that's present and happy and smiling and wants to play and not crying and and just depressed and sad. So I really feel like having her has helped me recover from from these miscarriages because I have to. You know, I have to be present for her. I have to be a good mom for her. So after the fourth miscarriage, I was like, I, I need a break for a while. I just, I just need a break. So I uh, resumed my athletic endeavors and said, I'm going to do an Ironman. And um, I did. <laughs> I did one. Coming back from all of this, I guess, ramped up too fast, too soon. And I wound up injuring my hip but also I wound up breaking a couple bones in my foot as well. I mean, that, that was probably my lowest point is suffering the miscarriages and my body literally broken without having endurance sport as like my crutch to get me through, my, my therapy, so to speak. So that's when I really relied on my family, on my, on being a mom, to you know have something else to to fill the gaps and to get me through those those days. Yes, I went from zero to Ironman, <laughs> um, but you know I had a few stops along the way. Any athlete would say that the path to greatness or whatever or, or your goal is never linear. There's always some setbacks along the way, um, and. You just have to keep that in mind and, and not get frustrated, not let it cloud your your goals, you know? It was crazy and it required a lot of sacrifice from both me and my family. A 140 mile race requires a lot of training. And so my family had to be okay with that. And they were. You know, obviously like sometimes they're a little angry that I'm not there. My husband had to take over like some bedtimes and you know the morning routines and stuff when I was working out but you know we worked as a team and we got it done. And yes I trained for about eight months I would say. In that time I did another half Ironman just to 
again, test the waters to make sure that everything was, was going okay according to our plan. And then, um, then the Iron Man. Yeah, so you have this incredible roller coaster story, right? Yes. A lot of ups and downs along the way, and then the lowest point being, you know, after the miscarriages, then you got your injuries, but then now you're on the road to recovery. You're building your, your confidence. You're going through all these Ironmans. Yes. Now you're at that thing that you've been going for. Yes. Ironman Malaysia. Describe that day. Oh my gosh. It was such a surreal day. Everybody told me, had told me that, you know, this is your first Ironman. Don't worry about the time. Just enjoy the experience. And I really took that to heart. If you look back on um, my photos from the day, every single photo of me, even when I didn't know that the photographer was there, I was smiling. I was just so happy to be there. And I really honestly enjoyed the experience. I wasn't shooting for any time in particular. I just wanted to cross the line uninjured, <laughs> um, which which actually, um, funnily enough, I did not do because in the last 12K of the race, I tripped in a pothole and I wound up spraining my ankle. <laughs> but even with that sprain, I still finished smiling. So um, I had to walk the last 12K of the marathon because of that freak occurrence. You know, other than that, my body was strong through all those different parts. I was just I was just so happy, just so such a surreal experience to actually be there, to actually be competing in my first Ironman. And um, when you when you cross the line and Pete Murray, the announcer, said, Lauren Moyer, you are an Ironman. It was just so insane. And my husband was there, and my some of my friends were at the finish line as well. My in-laws had come to support, and it was just, it was so crazy. It was just such an incredible experience. Yeah. So I guess in the context of all that's happened in your life, what, what do you think this Ironman Malaysia meant to you? Um, it really is just a testament to never give up. I mean, you could be at your lowest point in life, which I was at, you know, my bones broken, my heart broken, emotion, emotionally broken from the miscarriages to an Ironman finisher because I didn't give up. I think in life, you get tested like that. There's moments when you get knocked down which is fine. Um, everybody, everybody has those moments. But then the key is not to stay down. The key is to get back up and fight. And that's what I did. I think the first and foremost is for people that may have experienced miscarriages like I have. Um, you're not alone. I tell my story, even though it is uncomfortable and I, I don't really like talking about miscarriages, but sadly it does happen and you're not alone and it's not your fault and you can come back from it. And for the people that are just starting off in triathlon or even running or swimming or whatever, I say just go for it. You know, you, you can do it. There's, as cliche as it might sound, like you are your only limit, but you know, the funny thing is, is nobody ever thought it was crazy. When I, when I told people that I want to do an Ironman, they never 
and I and like I was literally broken. I was overweight, my foot was broken, and nobody said anything to me other than go for it. So I don't know, maybe you want do you want to say anything to your husband or <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> Honestly, thank you. Um, I just, you know, people always say Iron Man is a family affair, and it definitely is. There's absolutely no way that I could have done and succeeded in training and competing in one without his help. I mean, there would have been no one to watch my daughter for those long rides and swims and runs, and he's really put his own training on the back burner for me. Um, and just been my rock. So really, I mean, words words fall short, but thank you. Thank you. And so with that brings the end to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and much thanks to Lauren Moye for sharing her truly incredible story. This was one of those that really had everything in it. Ups and downs, tragedies and victories, the lowest of lows, and the highest of highs. You know, it's not easy to share or even to listen to these stories when they contain so much pain and heartbreak. But I think on the whole, when you consider the grand scheme of what we are trying to do, it makes it all worth the while. And especially so, when you get to share in those incredible moments of redemption. With that being said, the Screwed Up Moments podcast is brought to you by the Singaporean Social Enterprise Happiness Initiative, an organization that advocates for happiness and well-being through their message that happiness can be a choice. Production and editing was done by me, Danny Cordy, on behalf of Fable Productions, with assistance from Clarissa Wemple and executive producers Simon Liao and Sherman Ho. Music used throughout the episode was from Blue Dot Sessions, and the theme song was composed by Rico Lowe and Julian Law. If you enjoyed listening to the Screwed Up Moments podcast, you can help out the show by sharing it amongst your friends, or by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Otherwise, if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, or if you have your own Screwed Up Moments story to share, you can drop us a message through the email sumsgpodcast at gmail.com or through the various social media links in the description. Once again, this has been your host Danny for the Screwed Up Moments podcast, reminding you that it is okay to fail and it is okay to try again. <laughs>